0: All right, folks. Uh, welcome back to the podcast. This is our bonus episode with Miss Adrienne Southwell. Uh, we did a great episode, and then, like, as soon as we finish the episode, she just opens up more and starts really talking about her life and just leaving a lot of key elements of apparently. life. Say that again.
1: I so said apparently I didn't give enough juice, uh, as Jared said. So
0: not enough juice. Are you using Bluetooth headphones? No. You sound, oh, I was making sure. Yeah, you just you have the juice, but I knew there was something. I knew there was something. Like, comments, you got to think about. Sometimes I think about it like this too. When you haven't spoken to someone for like years, yeah. Sometimes you forget about like small details that you forgot until you remember things. It's like, oh wait, she never talked about this.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot to talk about in 15 years, you know. So
0: you don't know, Adrian. If you ever listened to part one, this is the bonus episodes. Adrian, when we talked about her mother, Adrian left not left out. She said that I didn't ask the question. Yeah, exactly. I asked the open-ended questions for someone to share out. Adrian was adopted. She was adopted. I think that plays a humongous part in her life about who she is as a person. Mm-hmm. She was adopted by a white lady, yes, but your yes. real mother is white as well. Yeah. And your real dad is black. hmm Have you met these people before? Have you met your real dad before? Or what? how old were you when you found out you were adopted?
1: Um, I, like, my mom told me before we even moved to Japan, so I was still pretty young, like, maybe, well, eight years old. so, yeah, so maybe I found I was, like, six or seven. Do you remember the moment? Um, like, how does that
0: feel, like, knowing that what you know is not, is not, you know, you're not, you how does that feel? It's, like, six yeah, years old, it's kind of hard to process that.
1: It, it was. I don't think I really fully processed it. I was just, like, oh, like, there's, like, she gave me a letter that my birth mom had written me. And it included like pictures of my siblings and stuff. I'm like, okay, like so I guess I have other siblings, but Wait, I don't really you gave that to
0: you at six years old? Yeah. Could you read at six? Six or seven, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I mean, sense. I don't
1: you know, like i got mostly out was just looking at the pictures, but
0: um And you just brothers are mixed as well or your brothers are different races? No,
1: so they're fully Well, so my birth mom was married to a white man, so they're full white. Are you a love child? Mm, Yes. Yeah. So my birth mom and my birth father were in the military together. Mm. And then they, you know, I'm a November baby, so got to assume Valentine's (laughs) Day-ish. And they were both married to somebody else at the time.
0: Oh, so, so did you ever meet your real dad? No, no, he, Why not? I
1: think, I think he like signed away his rights immediately and didn't want to have anything to do with it. It being me.
0: How much I know you, but how, how much is that, I think that that how much has that has affected you in your life? Did you ever um, feel not wanted? a little bit?
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, it, the whole, like I li- actually lived with my, you know, birth mom and her family for the first couple months after I was born. And then obviously, you know, I'm not a white person. So it's, the you know, the color of my skin got darker as the months went on and it was a lot more obvious, you know, and I think it was kind of like, maybe she didn't want her husband to resent me in any kind of way. If I was, if I continued to live with them or she might leave her because of it. that was kind of like the determination of whether she puts what keeps me or not um and so it's kind of like okay so you chose your husband over your kid who you know it's not my fault that you did this right um but it's interesting like I guess the reason why I don't talk about it is because I don't really have to because I you know my I was adopted into a family with the same kind of colored parents so my mom is white both either way so you don't really question it as like there's people that you know a white couple adopts an asian baby like obviously you adopted that child, you know so i kind of like got away with not having to talk about it a lot to people because
0: you wouldn't really question it um unless i told you how give me the 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 time frame in your life where you felt emptiness Or do you feel still a sort of emptiness now? No, I think
1: I definitely, like, probably no, I think I know too much about my own adoption story and that hinders my ability to want to really connect with my birth mother as much. Like I, you know, um, have gotten to know my, my half sister and sh- and met her, she came to my wedding with her husband and everything. And it's great because again, she had nothing to do with any of it, right? So it's easy for me to have a relationship with her. But with my birth mother, it's kind of like I still have, well, once I really truly found out the full story, which was like in high school, um, later in high school. Who told you the full Um, story? Well, I was, my mom, my adopted mom, I guess, um, told me. And then I was also, she had a bunch of like my adoption documents and stuff like that. So she gave all of that to me when I was in high school. Because um, you- I asked for it, so
0: why did you ask for it?
1: I just wanted to know. I'm like, I, I, I guess, I guess she kind of got, kind of get curious about it, um, more so later in life, and, you know, with Facebook being a thing at the time, like you could find anybody really. So I was like, you know, I'm sure I could figure this out, um, you know, and yeah, so I asked for it, and she was reluctant to give it to me at first, but. Ultimately, she's like, okay, here you go. Here's
0: all the, you know, info. Before your husband, did you ever find yourself seeking love from other people? Um, because your mom was your, 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 your mom that raised you. Mm-hmm. She was already always gone. You pretty much yeah. raised yourself. So where did the love come from in your life? What love stimulated you?
1: Uh, Definitely like my friends. I've always I created really strong bonds with like a couple people and then kind of used their family members as my family members. So I'm really close to like my best friend's mom and dad. I would spend like most of my days there at her house and so got really close to them and another friend to her parents got really close to them. So I kind of like adopted myself into other people's
0: families to get that. How did that feel on your mom that was raising you? How did that feel? Your your the mom that adopted you? How did that feel? Did she ever feel like you kind of like you like she ever? Did she ever feel like you were like a rebel child a little bit? Did she feel like you were the one that rebelled because your sister is adopted as well, right?
1: Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't think she truly saw what was going on necessarily. She like she was really busy. And, you know, she did a great job of, like, making sure that holidays, we always celebrated together, and, um, you know, we, we did big on the holidays, and so I have those memories, great memories, but as far as, like, on a weekly basis, she was, you know, gone on business trips a lot, and so, you know, I don't think she really saw everything that was going on, like, when I, like, my senior year of high school, I was like, you know what, I'm gonna tell you that I'm going out. And stuff like this and she didn't really know that i had already been going out to like you know the clubs and stuff so i don't think she was fully aware of, and so I,
0: you know not that she's told me anyways do you have you ever told your mom now getting older what's the conversations now if your mom getting older like do you look for that closure like hey because your mom's older now right what's yeah your, what's...
1: She's like sixty-six now. She's 66. She just had a birthday. Oh, yeah.
0: What? So when's the last time you guys had that sit down where you're like, "Mom, I didn't feel supported. I didn't do this. How does she take that?"
1: Um, I think. Well, with my younger sister, she definitely has tried to overcompensate for what she didn't do with me. Um, she was around more for my younger sister, especially when I went to college. They she moved my sister to Hawaii to a public school. And so my sister and then my mom didn't wasn't working as much because in, you know, the difference between the work ethic in Japan and what, you know, in America is way different. So she was able to be around more. And so they have a much closer bond than we do. I would does that, um, does make you feel I mean, I I don't really care. I, you know, raise myself, as we say so. Right, but
0: you do care a little bit because you've said that to her. You've expressed your emotions that you... Yeah, I mean... How does that make you feel? Like, do you feel that's the love that you're kind of, like, looking at a little bit, you know? Yeah, you you know, I've made my peace with it, I guess, is more
1: accurate way of saying it. Um, But, I mean, I do have a relationship with her. It's not like I don't have any relationship. It's just more of a, like, equals, I guess... Well, I've tried, I would like it to be that instead of like a mother daughter relationship. She has her own, you know, issues as well. So it's for me, it's like I'm more protective of my sister and trying to make sure she's good and kind of being her mother figure
0: a lot. I mean, she lives with me, so it's kind of hard not to. But you're four years older than her. How do you get the mother figure? You guys aren't more like sisters? You figure that you're like the mom role? Or...
1: Yeah, I mean, she is definitely... I, she became the rebel child, and I was the responsible one because I was used to taking care of myself.
0: What's rebel for her? Like, what's a rebel move for her? What does she do?
1: Uh, I'm going to not say a lot. Um. She... I mean,
0: what's a <laughs> she... rebel compared to you? Have you rebelled?
1: I rebelled, necessarily. I was just doing whatever... So was it called at the time? just so just, she, we're doing... on her hand, she was you know bringing boys over to the house when my mom told her not to, and you know doing all kinds of not so legal things and stuff like that. So um, I don't know. She and for and not just like in her teen years, it kind of was for a very long period of time, to the point where. Like she has, she got a DUI and she, you know, all these things. Um, And during those times, I was the one that was basically trying to take care of her. Um, When she graduated from high school, she went to college for a little bit. And then, but it was like questionable whether she was even gonna make it out there. Um, And so I was like, okay, well just let her
0: come live with me and I'll keep an eye on her kind of a deal. Have you ever, like, when you come down on her, is it like a sisterly way? Or are you coming down on her like a mom? Um, I would say both. I mean... What are her receptions of it? Is it just like, hey, you're not my mom? You're like, what you-? Yeah,
1: I mean, she, she definitely gets super defensive um, very easily. She doesn't like to be told, you know, told anything. Uh, but then at, she'll come back, like, a couple hours later, like, okay, I, I, you know, I get what you're saying and whatever and we we talk through it does but she, curfew? Is she what does she have a curfew no i mean she can do whatever she wants to do she she actually yeah she sometimes won't even like come home sometimes um <laughs> you know i'm like you're grown we're old now like you do whatever you want to do but as far as like being a roommate goes she definitely acts like i'm her mom so it goes both ways, I would say. <laughs> like, I, 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 sh- I should have, to, well, she's never lived with anybody but her family. So I can see that that's the issue, you know? Um, she doesn't know what it's like to be somebody's roommate, like someone you don't know. And I've had that. I've had, you know, basically live with strangers and you all have to kind of collectively, you know, out. work together. But for her, it's easy because it's like, oh, well, my, my family is just going to take care of me. So it's fine. <laughs> Which is what very would, nice for her, but
0: <laughs> what would be the most shocking thing about you that no one can believe?
1: Most shocking thing,
0: I don't know. I mean, I feel like
1: there's a lot of the, the first thing is one that I lived in Japan in general. Most people,
0: but that, know. but that's not, <laughs> but that's not shocking because everyone's lived all over the world. I mean, what's like if uh, someone had to take so. someone took Adrian and opened <laughs> you up like this, right? What would be that little thing that we're looking at that we're just like, wow, we never knew she endured that or we never knew that she could be the person to carry that type of weight? Hmm,
1: I don't know. I think there's a lot of things, but I look—I can't really pinpoint one thing.
0: Let's start with like you. the three things.
1: Um, hmm. You need to provide these questions beforehand, man, because
0: no, I, mean, I, I think it's that I think it's that people are most fearful of their own lives, you know, I feel like the more you open up as a person, the more someone can learn from you. like mm-hmm. what's the advice you would give your daughter? What's the thing if you had to open yourself up and your daughter looks at you and goes, "How would you give me advice to solve this problem? um Let's take three scenarios that happen in your life that your child would be like, if she's going through the same thing, how would you give her advice on doing through that?
1: Oh, goodness.
0: I feel like if you're giving your daughter advice, you would do it. You'll be a whole lot more specific of like how not to go down this road, how to avoid being in this situation. What was that three situations like where you had to be like, no one probably never would have thought in a million years that I lived through this and went through this but if you saw the signs, you could tell your daughter, I did this, I went through this, and this is how to get through it.
1: Um. Well, there was, okay. So, I guess one story, I mean, I feel like, well, maybe it's not for all men, but a lot of women have gone through, you know, assault-type situations. Not not specifically assault, but, like, there was one time I was living, I was living by myself, Um, probably second year of college, and this guy like straight up just followed me into my apartment complex and into the elevator. And I was like, terrified that something was going to happen, but you know, I, and it's like, what do you, what do you do if someone's attacking you in this tiny elevator? Man. Thankfully nothing happened. And I got out on my floor, which now retrospect probably should have gone off for a different floor. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, he, thankfully he didn't like follow me out, from there but it was very obvious like he didn't get out at any other floor and my floor was the top floor so it was very obvious that he was following me <laughs> you know and this is um in, right? what this, this was in is in hawaii
0: down. oh wow
1: yeah and so yeah i was living by myself at the time and um it was super scary so like i probably and the I, my apartment area was like it was kind of a back alley so there wasn't really anywhere good like anywhere else to go
0: um
1: necessarily so yeah that was pretty scary um I when that happened a couple times not necessarily that exact scenario but back when I was in college living down there we had a lot of like sketchy individuals in that area um constantly so probably would tell her not to live
0: there (laughs) um
1: or yeah i mean so but like i said a lot of women go through that you know so it's unfortunate
0: well that it's sometimes i as i get older i i had to realize that women have a completely different view of life that i don't have you know sometimes i guess Mm -hmm. i I realize I got older, I'm kind of naive to certain things that I take for granted, like walking to my car by myself or right. just going everything else. Like, do you feel like since you grew up in Japan, you put yourself in, not put yourself in situations, mm-hmm. you weren't aware of situations where guys were being too, yeah. too pushy. Give us a of that where you're just like, how did I get myself into this? I'm not in Japan anymore, I don't feel safe. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, like, cause definitely in Japan, like no one is really, I mean, at least when you're outside of, I don't know what happens on base or anything, but, um, where I was, people were doing what they could to not talk to you, you know? And so, (laughs) so it's a lot different people respect your space and everything. So, you know, when I moved to Hawaii, I didn't, I wasn't used to people like approaching me really. And like, there was one time I was just walking, I went to like the grocery store, was walking back and, you know, I'm not like dressed up or anything. So I don't think anyone's going to hit on me. Um, and this guy, like cat called me from across the street, like across the road and then crossed the road. And so I tried to like evade by going into a subway, um, like the-, the sandwich shop. And um, he came into the sandwich shop Starts talking to me, continues to talk to me, and I'm like obvious. Like people in line are like obviously uncomfortable because they see how uncomfortable I am. But you know, no one's they don't know the situation. They don't step in or anything like that. And then so I try to like, you know, you're we basically teach ourselves to just kind of like go with the conversation. But like you know, no thank you, sir, kind of a thing. And he just keeps going. And then I I go in. I try to like walk out of the shop into like the back way and then he like keeps following me and it was just like what is the end here like (laughs) where is this gonna end up I don't know like again trying to not like trying to de-escalate the situation keep it calm without being aggressive so that then he gets aggressive and you gotta learn this stuff on your feet which is crazy
0: it's a culture Um, shock you know yeah definitely Culture, culture shock how do you react did you react before you, I mean, how did you react to like people approaching you? You know what I mean? Because you were, I think black women are overly sexualized. Yeah. In America, but in Tokyo, they really didn't know what, how to approach.
1: Yeah. Which was nice. Um, (laughs) and yeah, I don't think I was ever approached, at least by a Japanese person.
0: It's all American Um, dudes.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, so that was, I didn't have to learn that. Um,
0: What does that take? Does that take, uh, as a, as a woman growing up, you know, especially adolescence, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: what is that like, you know, when you're finally getting the attention that you kind of like missed out on?
1: Um, I don't know that I really would call it missed out on, necessarily. Not I'm not,
0: that's, that's not, that's not saying missed <laughs> that's out, but I'm saying like,
1: um, not, I'm
0: not saying like catcalling, no. but I'm saying yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you have the typical experience where like there right. are a lot of Americans around you, like high school experience is like, you yeah. know, people are trying to, it's like One Tree Hill a little bit, you know, and all, <laughs> all over, and you went to school with completely different people. So it's For like, sure. when you meet Americans, like when I got to America, I didn't know that you could just, just tap a girl's shoulder and dance with her. I didn't know you could just walk behind. And, and I was clueless because in the Netherlands, you would talk yeah. to a chick first. Excuse me, mm-hmm. talk to a girlfriend. I got to stop saying chick. You have to talk <laughs> to a woman first and then like ask, can you dance? And after they tell mm-hmm. you to dance, then you can dance or they would walk over to you. So when I right. got to North Carolina, I was like, this little this dude named <laughs> name is Jay. And I was like, how is this little steward dude just pulling all these girls and dancing with him? like, how is he doing this? What, how? And I was like, and he goes, stop talking to him. Just walk over there and just stand <laughs> behind him. I was like, that's it? and then and then that's what i'm saying like down south is like that it's like they'll just he said, they'll just start dancing on you you just gotta go yeah. close and they'll just start dancing on you i
1: said
0: <laughs> what you don't have to say anything
1: i guess so huh
0: it's like yeah. no and that was a culture shock <laughs> to me like culture shock because you're yeah. just like why are you asking so many people to dance <laughs> i was like i thought that's what you're supposed to do and i had to learn like as i got older and after yeah. college okay now i really need to start asking people to dance i was just yeah I was four years ahead of what I should have been doing. But it was like that whole southern culture of just like people just want to dance. People just right. grab, randomly grab me and I had to learn that coming to America. Just like, wait, I, why Why is it like this? Why is it?
1: I mean, I don't see. I guess, I don't
0: know. Like when it's, I got here. there's a different like, culture. It, it, it affected me, the culture because the women are the aggressive ones in Europe. Right. So like when I got here, I thought like American women were lazy. I'm like, Why? <laughs> They're so crazy! They want everybody they want to buy everything for me. What's going on? <laughs> what uh, else would you give? What else? would The advice would you give your daughter? Um. Hmm. I don't know. Trust me, folks. When we ended this podcast, she had so much <laughs> stuff. She had so much stuff Never. to say. Sometimes we get on the microphone. Some people get like stage fright. I noticed that. I'm
1: saying I don't know. And as, as
0: we finished, it was like a whole nother 40 minutes of just I'm like <laughs> what what
1: what? Well, what? we talked about like the adoption, which we have now, you know, talked about. Um, okay, so here's one. So my I don't know if we talked about this already. Because you never posted our other ones yet. So no, I, don't, not, I needed a, to
0: remind myself what I already talked about. <laughs> no, it's not. It's like, a, it's like a series of, you know, it's like, you know, I got, oh, okay. like 15 yeah. episodes already. So, like, <laughs> I like
1: see. got it. Okay. So um, I found out, well, I didn't really find out, kind of went through it, but my mom basically confirmed it for me that my cousins that I had been really close with as a kid in california like her sit and my aunt were like very racist people and that was mad? super shocking to me because i love them and i spent a lot of time with them and so finding that out was like just mind-blowing honestly um how did they treat you though did you feel the? i mean they treated know? me fine but there was like one incident where we went to um, our cousin's wedding, and we got soup. Like everyone got super drunk and everything, and then basically, the way that she treated me and my sister, with, like when they scolded us base about it, you know, was a lot different than the way that
0: they treated their own kids. Give me an example, Sergio.
1: Um. Well, she like went. I guess she had texted my mom about it, and um, she she was like what wow, like why would they act like that like that's so like low class or whatever and i'm like your entire like your own son and family and everybody was like doing the same exact stuff so why is it that we're the ones that are you're you know saying this about and instead of being more loving like hey are they okay like are you know we had a good time kind of a thing and then um you know basically finding out that my mom had issues with marrying her husband my you know my adopted father because he was black and like no one wanted to come to their wedding because he was black and no one wanted to really associate with him and things like that like that finding all that uh, out later in life was really disappointing for
0: sure how was that um, your reaction towards black men did that affect you or no
1: um no not about i think i was because i didn't actually have a lot of interactions with my father later later in life Mm -hmm. um i was more curious about like getting to know black men or black people in general because especially when i'm moving to japan i have like zero interaction until like high school right so um i was really interested in wanting to get to know that side of my heritage um and in whatever place i could find it really so, right. you know, watch a lot of movies, you know, try to, like, get something until I actually was able to, you know, befriend some people. What so. movie did you watch when you were trying to understand
0: that?
1: <laughs> like, I don't know, whatever. We didn't get a lot of stuff in J- in Japan, you know, so, like, I, I, I definitely watched, like, How High,
0: <laughs>
1: which was great. I loved that movie. Um, but... Yeah, and then like Coach Carter. I don't know what year that came out. Was coach Heiser.
0: Carter is a, that's the, I love that movie. Worm? Yeah. Mm-hmm. warm,
1: Yep.
0: He I said, love that movie too. I found my drunk a point guard on Daddy's Little Girl. <laughs> you think you ran from me? <laughs> coach, so, we all We won the tournament, mm-hmm. Coach. <laughs> Cruise, <laughs> ghetto hoop stars, humping in the honeys. <laughs> I forgot what I don't know when that movie ca- came out. It was Antoine Fisher was our favorite movie when we were in Yokota. We watched that movie like nice. all the time. When a DVD <laughs> would come, we would just share the movie and burn it. <laughs> but when Coach Carter came out, that mm-hmm. was the kind of thing. It was just like, "Ghetto yeah. hoop stars, mm-hmm. my Ooh, drunk point guard." <laughs> <laughs> what would you say the hardest part of the black being a black woman is?
1: Um. Definite, I, for me, it's definitely the angry Black woman stereotype, People I would say. That about you? Oh, yeah, I mean, I've had, and it's like, it's funny to me, because Such a I, person. I, I, <laughs> I know, thank you, um, but, like, I am, I guess I am very, like, closed off at first, and so I, I need a minute to, like, get to know you f- before I open up to you, and so, people have told me like, oh, I was so like, and it's it's not even that I did anything either. It's like, I'll be just standing there and people will tell me like, oh yeah, when I first met you, like I was so intimidated by you. And like, like well, I didn't even say or do anything. Like, what do you mean by that? Right. And then I, you know, I realized like, so, so then it's like, if I do try to, you know, speak up for myself or, you know, be a little bit, you know, speak my opinion then it's like oh my god you're so angry like what i'm like i'm just saying what's not like i'm just speaking my mind i don't understand why that turns into angry and then i really get angry <laughs> but <laughs> it's like you yes asked for it what but, is your
0: anger like is you know, your you're like hurting things breaking things or no you-
1: it's just ver- it's just i guess getting a little louder um i'm not a physical person by any means i've never gotten to a physical fight ever um never punched anybody or anything (laughs) i'm fairly innocent uh my sister i think we've i've done well she when we were younger she was a lot shorter so i could just like put my arm out and hold her back and she would do her thing and i'm just like yeah just okay (laughs) so are you done yet you know so yeah we never really got into like crazy fights
0: what would you say the hardest part about marriages? Being in an interracial relationship, what is the hardest part about marriage, and what is the hardest part being an inter- interracial relationship?
1: Um, I think marriage, I would say, is kind of blending our personalities as far as like how we how we view certain things. So finances, f- looking at the future, um, having to ta- have those talks like what are we gonna do? Mm. Um, because he is very much like we'll figure it out as we go, and I'm like, I need to plan Okay. for it, so if I don't have a plan, I start freaking out a little bit, and because for me, like, you know, you take care of yourself for so long, you have to plan and make sure you're good, but, and so if I don't have a plan, I'm like, okay, well, I need, I get, like, anxiety from that, and so, yeah, mesh, you know, dealing with that and trying to combine our two styles is definitely difficult sometimes in certain, on certain topics. Um, but being an interracial couple in Hawaii really doesn't matter too much.
0: Yeah, everything is up out there.
1: Yeah, like everyone's here is like, you could, you're Chinese and Japanese and whatever, uh, Hawaiian a little bit here, and there's some black people as well. So people don't really care as much out here. I think if we lived on the continental USA, um, we would probably feel differently but so it's nice we don't have to really deal with that sure um, but
0: like your love against the world right?
1: yeah but you know with current events going on lots of conversations happening um, and dealing with you know his family's all white you know and so Clearly. it's <laughs> so
0: uh... <laughs> white. very white what, very what are the white. Color would they be <laughs>
1: no one else is married outside of their color is what i'm trying to say okay, oh, okay. So like there's standard. no like black husbands in there or anything like that so so far anyways um never know right <laughs> so like definitely you know seeing it's all good when the conversation's casual but we're, when we're talking about serious issues like this it can it definitely has gotten a little bit messy um Messy on
0: urine, so, messy on your end, like explaining
1: it. Like not like we're solid, we're good, but him having to deal oh, with man, his man. family members, some in you know certain areas, is difficult for him because he has never had to deal with this before. You know, and so having to have those conversations, it's it's new to him, and he wants to, you know, he loves his family, obviously. So, so realizing, right. you know, realizing that okay, maybe on a deeper level these some of these people don't align with our values and that's and finding that out is kind of similar to how i found out about my own family um you know it's 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 difficult
0: for sure for him where's his family from
1: um they're kind of all over but like west coast so a lot of them live in washington oregon area
0: really well oh that's the where they made that that movie about the baquan (laughs)
1: yeah you know, movie really like on California.
0: California. No, I don't. You guys call Wild Wild West on Netflix about this this Indian guru that comes and like gets everyone like on this they like take over a town in Oregon.
1: Oh, nice.
0: <laughs> so that, you know, that's it's a growing, it's a growing aspect, you know?
1: Right.
0: It's crazy him being older than you, just talking about this now and this thing has been happening for a while. Like my job, they're trying to talk about it, which I understand. Mm-hmm. But I'm kind of just amazed how clueless a lot of people are. A lot of people just don't. Yeah. just like, what? This is happening for real? Mm-hmm. My friend was just like, what do you mean someone? Po-? I was like, I remember just walking home in North Carolina and some guys, some kids, it's like kids, they're like adults. They drop a car and they point this thing at me. It looks like a gun. Mm-hmm. She's like, what did you do? I was like, just kept walking. She goes, why did you just keep walking? I was like, what am I going to do? Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, that's not normal. I was like, sometimes black people are just numb to certain yeah. things that we should not be numb to. Mm -hmm. but it's not just black people, it's people in other countries. Every country you go to, the lowest race of people are dark people. Right. Like there's Arab countries that treat dark people bad. There's different countries that treat Africans bad. And sometimes you got to question, you start questioning like, like what's up with our people? Like what is going on where it's always the (laughs) darkest people? And then there's a a colorism inside the darkest people, like all right, the light-skinned people are this or everything else. Right, exactly. Right. So yeah, like being light-skinned, I'm pretty sure you took a lot of heat for that, right? Yeah.
1: I mean, again, thankfully I've kind of been shielded from a lot of it. Um
0: Got out to Japan.
1: But, you know, yeah. So, but I have definitely learned in my life that like me being lighter-skinned is looked at as a little bit better. Like, okay, so you're not like the full black experience person. And I'm like, I'm still black. Like, I don't you know, for, don't say that about and my people. First well. They
0: probably think you're Obama's daughter.
1: <laughs> well, a lot of people think I'm yeah, Hawaiian here. Um, I'm like, really? Do I really look like I'm Hawaiian, guys? Like, dark, so, they're brown. They're like, uh, brown. Yeah, there's a lot of really dark Hawaiian people. So, I kind of get away with looking exotic, I guess. Looking like I could be anything. So,
0: I feel like we've, we've got you. I feel like we got you. I know there's probably stuff that you. I want to open the floor up. You know, this is the top 15 podcasts in the world, so I want you to, you know,
1: <laughs> twenty
0: twenty right now. This is the top. This is, uh, yeah. you're, you're rocking with the best. <laughs> so what would Adrian like to say?
1: Hmm. Um. About. Anything
0: about what? Anything. I mean, like, what, you know what I mean? When do you feel like, like, if you had a chance to have your voice heard, if you want someone, if you want someone to listen to an important, what would you have to say? You know, because we have a nostalgic relationship because we literally watched each other grow. You know, we literally had a situation we met when I, you met when I didn't have a beer. (laughs) Yep. No (laughs) different having a beer. That's
1: crazy. It's crazy
0: how, like, we evolve and, like, watch people grow, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: Like, to, like... 18 to like yeah we've always stayed in contact for like what mm-hmm. 12 12 years we literally watched each other grow so what would you say like if what would you say
1: you got to stop with these broad questions man I mean, you know i'm not good at this
0: um that's why i think the best way is to give <laughs> one a free thing because when you're specific enough you can prepare it for a specific question <laughs> i like to let the one jump in the water and like if you want to swim swim if not come on back to the deck but if you're in a pool, you can only go so far. Yeah, man. I don't know. I feel like I've said a lot already. Um, we, did. we did. But I yeah. think you do guard certain things that you don't let anyone know. I no, I've actually let go a lot. Um, we, did. we have gone so. a long way. It took a while, though. It took really
1: a long time. It
0: said, you know. So um, I'd I say, I say it's, it's, this whole thing is like, Imagine a book, a book, and someone gives you this is Adrian Hughes Southwell story.
1: Hmm. It's
0: oh, so hard. I really have nothing. I don't know what else to say that I haven't already said could about be. myself. That, that could be. That could be that could be part one. Part two could be completely different. You gotta think about we gain stories by the our experiences of life, you know? Yeah. So I'm pretty sure in five more years you'll have a whole lot more stories. You know, you can have stories sure. about kids, you have stories about Maybe mm-hmm. your sister beat you up or something like that. Like we don't know like what type of story it was. I just wanted to give you that last that last platform because when we ended the podcast, I was like, wow, she was holding back a lot. Like she's like, was like, wow, one of the big one of the biggest moments in her life, she just yeah. threw under the bus. Like, oh yeah, that was.
1: Well, like I said, you know, I when well growing up, I had a lot of different things that I had to deal with. So it's like one adopted okay two you know l- at least when i got to japan you know don't have a father single mom you know people we're not we're kind of taught you don't really ask necessarily about like people's stuff so when people would ask like oh where you know what does your dad do he was still alive at the time so i i was just like oh he, he lives in california you know mm-hmm. like i don't really i don't really know what he did is he still alive no He uh, passed away when I was in college, about halfway through.
0: Did you guys ever have a chance Um, to like re resettle or like um, talk? Let the bygones be bygones, or you didn't want that.
1: I we talked like right after I moved to Japan, a couple times, but we didn't really keep in contact much. Um, And I think sorry, what? Does he have kids? No just the me and my sister who we were adopted so yeah um and so he eventually moved from California to I think Kansas with where his uh sister lived um and then that's where he passed away and so
0: yeah when he passed away did it affect you or it was just another day I think because
1: I had already kind of like dealt with losing him in a matter that it wasn't as substantial to me. Um, Because I I mean, I didn't talk to him ever. There was no relationship whatsoever. And so it was definitely sad. I'm like, okay, it's like official now. But it was kind of like I had already... He was already, you know, dead to me in a way prior to that, you know.
0: When's the last time you cried?
1: Hmm. Oh, we watched... um, the Call of the Wild
0: yesterday. <laughs> you're tough as nails. I just realized about you. You're tough like me. You're tough as nails.
1: I cry when I watch movies, though. Especially ones that have dogs in them. Man, it gets me every you time. You think
0: you're not, you're just not, uh, <laughs> you're not on them. you just, you don't show that side of yourself? I don't know. But maybe. maybe things don't affect you. Sometimes I feel like that's like Yeah, sometimes. Things, some things that have happened in my life doesn't affect me, and people are like, how did you do that? I was like, I don't Right.
1: It. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of, like, I don't know, for me, especially, like, I feel like it's morbid almost, but, like, when people die, like, especially, like, grandfathers and, like, old people die, I'm kind of just, like, well, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, I saw, like, we, my mom's mom, so her gran- her mom passed away from cancer uh, a couple years back, or maybe, like, five or six years now, um, and we went to see her before she passed, and she, it was, like, you know, she looked completely different, you know, she was super thin, and like, honestly, like, horror movie styles, scary looking, and, you know, when she passed, I didn't cry at all, and I was actually close to her uh, when I was younger, at least, when um, she, there was no ill will there, and so,
0: yeah, I don't know, like, I feel like sometimes I cry, like, when I'm alone, not like boohoo and crying, but I feel like I could mm -hmm. cry on the spot. Like mm-hmm. when when people die, I feel like I cry and let it all out at the funeral.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I try to like leave it all there, but at the same time, I'm just like wondering like some stuff just doesn't phase me, and I have to ask myself is something wrong with me? But I'm just like man, maybe it just I've yeah. Definitely. Like when people uh-huh. like when people tell me like animals die, I'm like all right, so.
1: <laughs> I mean you know it's just like, animals, friend, like I love- my cat.
0: My cat died. I'm like okay, yeah. well, what's I don't have a cat. <laughs> He goes, you don't have no emotion. I was like, yeah, I mean, okay. We had a me- we had a meeting one time. And yeah. One of these, like, te- well, when I was in Florida, I had a coworker that ran out of a meeting because her dog oh, yeah.
1: died. Oh.
0: Right, but oh, she kept dog. running out of. The- it was happening. It happened like more <laughs> than like four times. I was like, okay, let's let's be real. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> For real? Did he really? And it was just like every time you bring up his name, she'd run out of the meeting.
1: Okay, that's a little. <laughs>
0: He had a human name. Like, how are you not <laughs> someone saying Fred? Who's not going to say Fred on their daily... Right. <laughs> Fred, and it was just, like, maybe, a like, much. a generic name, like, Walter or something like that. Something yeah. that where everyone was just bringing up Walter White or something like that. She kept <laughs> Right. I was like, man, how...
1: Have you had pets in your life?
0: Yeah, I had a dog named... It was my grandfather's dog, but I would speak to oh. him and stuff. And then okay. he was. Man, we'll you see, only him on I only visit them on Sunday...
1: I think it's different if it's your own personal. Like I,
0: I did have a pet. I was just like, all right, really? huh. these goldfish can uh, whatever.
1: Jared hates animals, guys. That's oh, I know. I today. love <laughs> that's the thing. I love
0: animals. That's the thing. I love them, but I just don't. Maybe it's big bigger, bigger animals. You know what I mean? I had a giraffe. Yeah. I
1: mean,
0: I, I have had, a giraffe. What kind I lived of? A, I lived behind horse. a zoo one time, and they like one of them got loose, and I just grabbed them and just like walked around. <laughs> oh, crap. With that's cool. Them so, you know, <laughs> and stuff like that, you know. But it's I guess, you know, sometimes you just explore yourself and I realize that like, we're yeah. so much alike, you know, we're just hard shell mm-hmm. people. <laughs> you no, know? that's why I was sitting there thinking about this podcast, I was like, man, it's like talking to a like we're like twins, Lou. Nothing affects us. We <laughs> both had the same experience. But a lot yeah. of people are like that. My friend Garrett's like that. Nothing affects him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At all. I don't know. That's why when we say check on your strong friends, like you're checking, right. you know, you've lived a life, but you really took it in stride. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I definitely like I'm a, I'm the person that people will come to with their problems and like I'll give them advice about stuff. Who's the person? And like, you go to? Uh, that's the thing. Like a lot of the times, I, I just deal with it on my own. Can help me? Probably not. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> no. Um, I mean, I talk to I'll talk to my like my closest friends about certain things um, if I like can't figure it out on my own. But a lot of times, I do deal with stuff on my own for sure. You can
0: tell it's like a, like a tough exterior, you know, (laughs) but I'm not a therapist. I don't know how to, you know, some people are, some people you, you find different things, but Mm -hmm. it's it's not a problem to be tough. Some people just tough people, you know, just like, all right, this is how I grew up. This is what it is. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like that. Did you cry on your wedding day?
1: Uh, no, I did not.
0: You just more excited?
1: I mean, I was super, I was excited. You were I think more emotional, emotional as
0: a teenager. As a teenager, you cried a lot. <laughs> I dare you? Yeah, you Say did. I've sure noticed that you cried a lot. Maybe it's because, have you know that? Maybe that you wasted your, your tears as your teens? I
1: cried it all out. Um you cried a lot no, when you like, back I think, in high school and stuff. <laughs> that is not
0: my memory. But <laughs> I memory, <remember>, you know. <laughs> maybe, maybe you're just like, you know, you'd like. Maybe you I made cried. me cry. How about
1: that? Maybe no, I mean, no, you, here. Could, oh, <laughs> you had
0: emotions. You did have emotions, you know? <laughs> it wasn't like, I'm not saying like cried a lot, but I mean, you probably, probably yeah. cried more in your teens than what you did in your 20s and 30s. Probably.
1: Um, I mean, I was still, like, exploring myself back then, and also. So I was trying to feel all the feels, maybe. And now I'm like, okay, this is it. Like, we've dealt... With, I was also discovering a lot about myself back then, too. Do you like feel, flowers? Do I like flowers? Um, I like... We'll see. I don't know. (laughs) I like flowers that last long. So I really like tropical flowers, especially in Hawaii, which is great because they live longer. I don't like flowers that die like two days in. And also I'm not great at keeping them alive. So um, I'm more of a like chocolate person.
0: Uh, What's the sweetest thing your husband did that made you (sighs) teary-eyed?
1: Um... Oh, so Will, when we were first kind of hanging out, he was at home, I was at work, and then I was, I think I was riding, I had a bicycle at the time or something, I was gonna go home and it was raining, and I didn't have an umbrella, and so he came all the way, he, he had a bike as well, his bicycle, and so he rode his bike all the way to to work just so he could give me an umbrella, and then by the time he got to me, it stopped raining, <laughs> and so... <laughs> It was really sweet. Yeah, it was really cute. Um, (laughs) And yeah, I think that's my favorite story.
0: (laughs) Sweet, sweet, sweet moments. (laughs) So you guys are, what is Your love language is acts of service. Would you say it was that?
1: Probably. Or quality time. I think maybe a mix of both. A lot of service, um, a lot of doing stuff for each other. Um, And then, especially now that we live with my younger sister, well, we've been living with my younger sister, finding quality time, just the two of us, is always a struggle. So when we are able to do that, that's, like, really
0: important to us. Wow. What an interesting life you have, madam. (laughs) How did you like it? Did you have fun? On the... This
1: bonus round and the first one—it's gonna be a lot long... different,
0: right? It's different. It's like <laughs> some people, like some people, want to do like a funny podcast or anything else. I was like, I like getting to know a person. I want to know yeah. the person. I feel like the your autobiography—how does it—the autobiography—I've been having struggles. Your autobiographical yeah. book is the most important book of anyone's life. Yeah, no, it's fun. You write it, it. you write it. You write it yourself. You write mm-hmm. the. You write the the chapters. Everything else, no one can control your narrative but you. Right. And that's it was what fun.
1: I, and uh, I'll definitely have to tell, you know, how people avoid <laughs> certain people might not want to listen to what I gotta say. Uh, uh thinking about it. someone's probably
0: growing up like you, like it's felt the yeah. same way you felt, you know, it's like mm-hmm. your your story's gonna help somebody else. You know, growing Hopefully. up from a different country, everything else, you no know, experience yeah. what you experienced is still staying strong, still working hard, still supporting mm-hmm. uh, your household, taking care of your sister, taking care of your husband, you know, that's Everyone wants a strong friend. Everybody wants an Adrian in their life. <laughs> I'm thankful I have an Adrian in my life. You know what I mean? You're I thank welcome. You thank <laughs> you so much. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is the podcast, One Man, One Tree in a Hill. And this is our bonus episode. Sometimes you got to squeeze that orange juice until there's no drops left. And that's what we did over here. We squeezed the juice. And uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Hey, you're live on the podcast, One Man, One Tree in the Hill. Say what up to the people. Now, this is when I see Black Excellence. It's Kenan Thompson, and I see this giant butt, I'm like, oh, who is that? Turns out it's Questlove. It's Dave Chappelle, Chris Rock, Eddie Murphy, and they're all sitting at the table, and I walk up to Eddie Murphy, and I was like, hey, Mr. Murphy, I just wanna say you're the goat, man, and you're the coldest that ever walked the face of the earth. You gotta break that thing over. She wants it private, but y'all not even together right
1: now. So we haven't spoken about anything but the cat for at least two months.
0: I said, "Uh, uh, I'm be the next Jamar Neighbors," and she was up like, "I know that's right." Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the podcast. My name is Jerry Waters, and I'll catch you next time. Like, subscribe, rate the podcast. Have a wonderful night, wonderful day, whatever you're listening to. I'll see you soon.